1: Bye. Bye. Well, hello, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. This week, friends, is an interview that Amanda did with one of her coaching clients, actually, a teacher named Kelsey, who is an English language arts teacher, and you're going to hear them chit-chat about a really, really cool unit that they designed together and that Kelsey has taught using uh, Frankenstein as an anchor text and pairing it with a more contemporary text, uh, Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds. Basically, this is one of those instances where we get to show you not just what we've been talking about as it pertains to my classroom or as it pertains to Amanda's classroom when she was in the classroom, but Other teachers also, the things that we talk about, the things that we teach in curriculum rehab, the strategies and resources that we share through our workshops and festivals, and all of the strategies and resources that we share through this podcast, they really do make a difference in the education and the daily interactions with students in our classrooms. And so what better way to share things like that than with other teachers sharing experiences from their classrooms, and you know we nerd out real hard with curricular design and talking about all sorts of things, curriculum and new strategies and thinking outside of the box and leading with inquiry and all of that good stuff. So I cannot wait for you to hear their conversation, for you to give us some feedback on the ideas and the big takeaways that you get from this Whole entire conversation and just anything else that kind of goes along with it. Make sure you check the show notes for some different episodes that we might lead you towards. I have a couple of essential question episodes in mind that I think would be a good pair for this conversation. So if you are newer to the podcast, make sure that you check that out. Or if you think you may have missed one of those uh, longtime listeners, check that out. I also want to take a moment now because uh, this episode comes out a week after our biography and memoir workshop. And I just want to say thank you so much on my behalf and Amanda's, to our entire Brave New Teaching community because, I mean, whenever we do something mid-school year, like one of our workshops, it's a little bit dicey in times because we're both working moms. I'm in the classroom. Amanda is working with classroom teachers every single day. And so things kind of... Get a little bit difficult here and there. And we have an amazing team here at Brave New Teaching. So I want to give a big shout out to our team and to all of you who are just so understanding and allow us to operate with grace and continue doing what we love, which is just share with you all and work with you all and bring you the strategies and the resources and the things that we know work. So Without any further ado, here comes an amazing conversation with Amanda and Kelsey and cannot wait to catch up with you all again soon. Enjoy the show and cue the music.
0: You're listening to Brave New Teaching, and we are
1: so much more than a podcast. We give teachers the inspiration, support, and tools to challenge the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a former English teacher from Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm a teacher from Southern California. Join us at bravenewteaching.com to find
0: out more about our courses, festivals, and get every episode's show notes. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. All right, everyone, I am here with my wonderful friend, Kelsey, and I would love it, Kelsey, if you would start us off by introducing yourself to the Brave New Teaching audience and who you are, what you've done, what you're doing now, and all that good stuff.
2: Yeah, I'm so excited. So I am a former middle and high school English teacher. So I did or I taught seventh grade English for four years. And then I had a year in the high school where I taught like all the things like I had English one. English 2, which is like a tested subject, American lit, CCP comp, CCP lit, like you name it, I did it. (laughs) And now I'm actually transitioning out of the classroom and I am a literacy coordinator for my county's ESC, our Educational Service Center. So now what I do is I basically support all of the districts that we serve in our county and in our area of Ohio. And for me, I was brought on to kind of build up the seven twelve like literacy support, but I'm also qualified to do early literacy stuff because I have my reading endorsement. So Ohio has this huge like literacy push and dyslexia laws and mandates that are out. So I'm also supporting that as well. So I'm kind of on that admin side now.
0: Oh my gosh. Look at you. One of everything in the classroom and now one of everything on the other side too. Yes. (laughs)
2: All the things. That's kind of how my brain works too. So it's very fitting. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Okay. So Kelsey, let's tell everyone about how
0: we met, because I think that that's Mm -hmm. what the listeners are always like. Oh my gosh, how did you even find each other? Where Mm -hmm. did you find me? And then what kind of led you to reach out to
2: me in the first place? Um, Instagram. (laughs) Uh, Instagram for sure. So I I think when I was in my second year of teaching, I think is when like teacher... Instagram world kind of really took off. And you were one of like the first people that I started to follow. And I just secretly followed you for so many years. (laughs) It's fine. fine. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I will admit that I have no shame. And then I saw, you know, your post of you leaving the classroom. And then you had posted in your stories and on your feed about your coaching and things like that. So I went to your website and just kind of reached out that way. So And the reason for me, you know, reaching out and hoping to be coached by you and kind of mentored by you was because my English 2 course is a tested subject in the state of Ohio. So it's very, very standards. I mean, everything's standards-based, but like this one is like, you are only teaching the standards. You are teaching to mastery, like drill, drill, drill. You have a state test to pass, essentially. And I was really struggling with creating units that made sense and were purposeful and flowed and all worked together and like all the things and met the needs of my students and what they were interested in. And I knew that I had to teach Shakespeare. And so I just kept thinking, how how do I teach Shakespeare to a more urban student base? Like that's not going to work. Like that's never going to work. And so that's when I reached out to you and here we are. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: I remember that first conversation like it was mm-hmm. yesterday. And it was, it's coming up on almost a year ago that yeah. we had that first call. And I remember you telling me like the drill and kill stuff. And I about fell over with sadness. And I remember telling you, <laughs> I remember telling you like, we can do this. Like, trust me. I believe yeah. we can do this. We can, we can still hit standards hard, but also do other things.
2: Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things that like, from working with you is you can be really complex and you can be really rigorous with all of your standards, but you can do it in like in a secret inquiry based way.
0: Secret (laughs) Um, if it has to be secret or not so secret if it doesn't have to be, but you're right. Sometimes it has to be kind of covert.
2: Yeah. Especially with teaching Shakespeare. I mean, that's hard for anybody. That's really hard. And so with sophomores, it was, I had to be a little secret and and you made that happen
0: (laughs) (laughs) let's tell let's tell everyone about like kind of like the solution we came up with because I don't want to take all the credit because I mean I kind of helped steer your thoughts but like let's kind of walk through like okay so you're tasked with teaching Shakespeare you've got a crap ton of standards to you know drill kill to mastery, because everyone knows that the research says that <laughs> drilling standards equals results on state tests, and <laughs> no actual research anywhere. Right, um, you know, right. So what was, you know, do you remember, like, what was that kind of result that we or the plan we came up with to address all of these issues?
2: Well, I know, like, one of the first things that we talked about was, well, okay, so Macbeth was in our approved curriculum for like the curriculum that we that we used in that district. So it had to be a Macbeth, we knew that. And our biggest thing was, how are we going to make Macbeth relevant for these students? And so we started to think about what could we pair with it. And that's when we came up with pairing Jason Reynolds, uh, Novel Averse, Long Way Down. And it was like chef's kiss, like perfection, all the way around. And it's just kind of spiraled from there. And in our comparing those two texts, we came up with the the essential question of, is my life controlled by my own decisions or what others tell me I'm supposed to be? Which is also really fitting for sophomores, because if you've ever worked with sophomores, they're in that stage of, I'm just learning to drive. I might have a new job. I'm really into my sport for my second year. I have to you know, maintain stuff at the house or I have to be the parent at home. And oh, by the way, I have all this schoolwork. And so they in their own lives every day, toggle with that question of who is controlling my life right now. So it was very, very fitting.
0: I remember. So like the, so when we kind of, we, when we talk about essential questions here on the podcast and in other places, we're always talking about that trifecta, right? The trifecta is your texts, uh, your themes and your skills. And we toggled between our texts and like what we wanted to pull out of them, the real lives of kids and the results that you needed at the end. And I loved that question
2: yeah it was good. It was juicy. It was real good. <laughs> <laughs> when did you know when did you know I mean we knew when we were
0: planning it that it sounded good when you actually started and we're, we're going to get more into the unit in a minute, but I do want to know like what was the moment you knew the question was perfect for kids like when you were with them? like how did they show you that like this actually was an awesome question
2: day one <laughs> literally literally day one um I think day one of that unit was just like a free write. And it was, I presented this question on the board and I actually had it on the board for when my kids walked in. So I was standing at my door, like greeting them. So that when they walked in, it was just them and that math. And I like blew it up big, right? So it was in your face. What is this question? They would come back out into the hallway and be like, what are we doing? What does this mean? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. You tell me, what does this mean? And so I gave them the majority of the class period to write. And then I did want to have some collaboration time at the end. And it was at the end where, I mean, I kid you not, every single student had something to say and wanted to say something about this question because of course they're sophomores, right? So they're like, I control my own life. Like it is me. Like no one can tell me what to do. But then as the conversation would would continue, they were like, oh, well, I mean, I guess I do listen to my parents and my boss does tell me what to do at work. You know what I mean? So it was day one that I was like, Ooh, this is going to be good. And little do they know,
0: right? Lady Macbeth is like lurking around the corner. Oh, my gosh. Right? Oh my gosh. Ready she to was, just... Yes.
2: Her <laughs> and Will from uh, Long Way Down were the biggest hits in they. Talked about it for the rest of the year.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, okay, okay. So we're yeah. almost there. Okay, so okay. yeah, so let's kind of go. We're kind of already into like my next idea, which is the concept of the unit. So the unit mm-hmm. is under this umbrellaed essential question, right? Like we're looking at right the the influence of my own decisions controlling my life versus other people's influence. You know, kind of controlling the outcomes of my life. That's the umbrella. Um, what were some of the other things that were really important to you as you thought about this unit as a whole? Uh, between the two texts. So like conceptually, what were some of the things that you really wanted to pull out of it other than just the essential question?
2: Yeah, so because it's a tested subject and of course, because it's, you know, an English class, writing was really, really important for this piece. We were heading into the state test prep season and the whole idea of state testing season. So I knew that I had to really hone in on their writing skills and being able to write a timed essay is, is massive when you're a tested subject. They, I mean, they have two hours in the state of Ohio to answer X amount of questions and then write an entire essay and of course you know read all the readings. So I knew that, that was a really important part and so I remember telling you that and you're like, "Oh, backwards planning. That'll be the end." And then so everything we did leading up to that had some sort of writing component whether that was like a small group instruction or I mean I mean they were writing all week every single week. And then I also knew that another big piece of our state test is character development and interactions and themes and like citing evidence and point of view. And so we kind of wrapped all of that into this. So you know, when we start talking about this unit a little bit more, the development of Macbeth and Will's character had some of the best like character development conversations I've ever had to this day. Like we'll probably ever have. And so that was that was a big, big part of that. So the the kind of wrapping in those standards.
0: Amazing. So character development was really important. And then what were some of like those overlapping things that kids really seemed to pull out like conceptually? So I remember we had talked a lot about revenge, Uh, we had talked a lot about some of those other themes, like what were some of the big themes that really connected those two texts? Because I bet you teachers are listening right now thinking, wait a second, like I've always done Shakespeare alone, like in isolation, Yeah. I think that for us in our conversations, a lot of the reasons that these two paired together so nicely were that these themes created bridges. I mean, the characters too. Um, But I think that thematically, were there other, you know, points that really you saw bridge these two texts together.
2: Yeah. I mean, Macbeth and Will are pretty much the same person. Macbeth just takes it farther. So if you just take a look at those two characters on their own and did, you know, a character analysis of them, you would know they are the exact same person. And so a lot of revenge and like grace and forgiveness and control and just overall like viciousness of people and their like consequences of actions. That was huge, like consequences. That was big. Also, I think really helped connect these two texts more than just that essential question.
0: Well, and then, and then like just kind of going through that list. And then when you kind of go back to this thought of appropriate lists for your age group, like mm-hmm. that, right, is I think that that's kind of where that money is, is because you know, when you go through that list of themes, all of a sudden, you're thinking, okay, a sophomore has experienced this, has experienced this, and we're shifting, you know, when we talk about decentering the text, that's kind of what we mean, is if if the text is off to the side, and these themes are in the middle, then we know that if we go through this angle, the texts are going to have meaning, because those things are all working and all put in place. And that's just like, that's the best feeling, right? It's so good. It's so good. Okay. So I pulled up our calendar actually because I wanted to refresh my memory about some of the things that we did. Let's walk people through the unit because I know there are a lot of things, you know, we've talked about Shakespeare by itself, but we haven't talked a lot about planning a unit that covers two stories at once granted one's a play and one's a novel in verse which is actually so smart and you and I found so many cool overlaps just stylistically between the two let's kind of give everyone a little walk through the unit like where did we start how did it go where did you end and we'll just kind of go back and forth
2: Yeah, sounds great. So like we kind of already talked about, we started that first day with just an introduction to that essential question. And I had that, you know, blasted on the board in a really big letter and had them kind of do a free write about it. And then you had also created, I completely forgot about this actually, Um, you created a Pear Deck that had multiple scenarios that were super relatable to these students, you know, things they would have been a part of or encountered. And, you know, the scenarios ended with the question of who is controlling that person's life? Are they making their own decisions or are their decisions being based off of somebody or something else? Mm -hmm. And so we did a pair deck with that and that kind of wrapped up that first day. And then we did a lot of Shakespeare 101. So we did the flat Shakespeare situation with Macbeth. That was amazing. We did that in the library and we did a a competition with some of the other English two classes. So that was really Mm -hmm. fun. And... Uh, We did like a Macbeth station situation where we transformed our classrooms into like old Scottish, like tavern situation and learned all about the characters also. So that was really important. And I also did a, like a mini lesson on Shakespeare language and Shakespeare inversion. So they kind of understood what they were getting into and how to read some of those lines from Macbeth. And then we spent three weeks, maybe four weeks on just Macbeth itself. So kind of tackling that big beast that it is, but it's a good beast to tackle. Like that's, it's really, really good. And I think one of the biggest things that you kind of helped me in my English department realize is that you don't have to read an entire Shakespeare play. And in fact, it's not good to read an entire Shakespeare play in an English classroom. It's just not, it's counterintuitive. They don't need that. And so we would watch some of the film clips and that was really good. And then we did like a day or two of transitioning into Jason Reynolds' Long Way Down. And I think that was one of the biggest turning points for my students was that transition and beginning to read because that just brought, I mean, that book brought some of my kids to tears. Wow. Yeah. 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 And yeah, so cool. That's kind of like the, the rundown of what our unit looked like. And we spent maybe like two or three, maybe two weeks on Long Way Down. And then that final week of our unit um, was writing preparation and then a timed essay.
1: Well, hello, brave new teachers. Pardon the interruption. I wanted to invite you all to a pretty cool opportunity. Some of you have already had this and some of you have just heard us talk about it quite a bit. Amanda and I have a masterclass that is all about uh, designing and delivering formative assessments to students in ways that are really useful and purposeful and extremely equitable and inclusive in our classrooms. And so I wanted to make sure that you all have the opportunity to join us. It is our masterclass called Down with the reading quiz, formative assessments for a new generation. And it is something that we put together, gosh, almost a year and a half ago, where we go through three different types of formative assessments that we use in our own classrooms that provide quite a bit of equitable and inclusive feedback for us and for our students about what students are actually really learning. We show you how to create, how to design and create, and then implement and grade formative assessments that deal with students actually synthesizing information instead of regurgitating what they think you think they should know, but actually showing what they can synthesize. It also has different strategies for assessing analytical skills. And then another strategy or two for assessing student writing skills in a formative way. And all the while, also assessing student understanding, comprehension, whether that's reading or just understanding of a lesson, there are we give three different strategies for formative assessments. We absolutely love it. We have have hundreds of teachers come through this masterclass and say it is changing the way that they uh, approach assessment, formative assessment, anyways in their classrooms. And so we wanted to make sure that you knew about it. Uh, if you would like to register for free and actually watch it immediately you can head to bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass or the show notes for this episode cannot wait to see you all there again that is bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass join us for down with the reading quiz and see the results in your classroom really change it all for the better it is a true game changer all right back to the show
0: Talk to me a little bit about the watch-close-read experience Mm -hmm. during Macbeth. Um, How did that, like, in reality? So everyone here has heard Marie and I talk about it, but never actually heard someone, like, who's gone through the experience, like, report back, especially someone like you, Kelsey, because when I told you, you were like, you had never done Shakespeare before. So, I mean, especially kind of coming from what do I do to having done it? What was that experience like for you as a teacher? And like, what was it like for the students?
2: So I remember, I vividly remember this conversation with you because I was like, I don't know if my English department chair is going to fly with it. Like, I don't know. So I remember us having a conversation first where you were like, well, Kelsey, how do you feel if we were to watch the scene or the act first? part of the week like that Monday or Tuesday you just spend some time and you just watch it and then that Wednesday Thursday Friday you do a close read or like a Sesame Street quiz and we did a lot of those or you know whatever other fun engaging but still rigorous and standards-based activity <laughs> I just remember being silent for a second and being like well I mean maybe <laughs>
0: <laughs> you were not You're having it any. you were like oh, <laughs> come on
2: <laughs> um but now that I'm on the flip side of that and I can say that I've been through that I think that was one of, if not the most powerful tool in your little toolbox to get through Shakespeare, because it gave them that context. And they also really liked the film that version that we were watching. And it gave them, it helped them build like their background knowledge, essentially, in order to dive into the harder, more complex, you know, language and activities that we did the rest of the week. So I, I mean, I can't recommend it enough. If you ever teach a Shakespeare unit, spend some time building context and watching that film first. It's invaluable.
0: Yeah. So, so how did close reading go? I mean, we pulled some really challenging passages and I know that your kids were, you're, you're not teaching honors kids. You're teaching very mm-hmm. like grade level, like kids who are just regular kids. You know, what was the experience like for them? Like confronting Shakespeare on the page during close reading? I mean, how, did it grow? Did it change? Were there, you know, how did that all pan out?
2: Yeah, it was difficult at first. I mean, you put, you know, Shakespearean language in front of any student for the first time. And I remember, I remember one kid looking at me and he's like, what is this? And I was like, well, that's part of the play. Like, that's what you just watched and listened to for the past two days. Here's a snippet of it. We're going to work with this. And I think that one was all about like rhetorical questions and, and paradox and things like that. And they were like, I have no idea what this says. And so at the beginning, I think there was a little bit of pushback because it was uncomfortable for them and it took a lot of scaffolding and guidance for sure the first like week or two but then after you did it for the first week or two they're like oh i got this like i can do this no problem and i was able to kind of lean off a little bit and really spend some time walking around the classroom and giving more one on one feedback and guidance and pushing those kids that need pushed and accelerating the ones that need to accelerate them and all the things and I remember like messaging you this massive long message. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like, listen to what this kid just came up with. Like the analysis of those close reads, I, I mean, it is uncanny. I can't remember ever, ever coming across anything analysis-wise like that in college. And I, like my sophomores were doing it. It's oh so good. Uh, that makes and me then, so you know, happy. happy. And by the end, like, especially when we got to Long Way Down in those close reads, I could just hand them the paper and they're like, we got this. And it was, yeah, it was good. Were they really saying that?
0: They were saying we got this?
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're like, oh, we got this. We know what we're doing. And like, I I didn't have to give directions anymore. I didn't have to do it. Like they knew the format so well and they knew the expectations that we had set early on because I had done it with them for like the first two weeks. Like, I mean, I really did it with them. But by the end, they were experts in close reading and it was just marvelous to watch because especially, you know, our state test is all close reading. So it was really good.
0: Oh my gosh. I, so to kind of like give a little bit, I want to just give a little bit more to our audience just to kind of help this, you know, you kind of envisioning this. One of the things I think that hopefully helped you too, Kelsey, because we worked on a lot of these together and I've seen this with my own students. I'll speak from my experience. I think another reason, not only is it like the fact that you kept consistent, right? Like by your, your week template was, designed consistently, right? You're watching your close reading, you're watching your close reading. Not Mm -hmm. only is that nice for you in terms of planning, but for students in terms of like that comfort and predictability. I think, you know, I know for myself, I shied away from that so much in the beginning of my career because I thought that's boring to do the same thing equals boring. But also to do different things equals chaos sometimes. And when the text is difficult, the skills are difficult. All of the things you're asking them to do is difficult. I think it really helps to build in the comfort of a routine and the comfort of a structure that they are not flailing around. And, you know, and I think all of those are all of the efforts I made to make every week different were in the interest of our engagement and like helping students. But I think mm-hmm. it really took like a humbling moment for me to realize like, I haven't given them enough time to get good at this because I keep changing my game every week thinking that like I, I freak out. Like this is too hard. I need to back off. I need to change what I'm doing. And I changed so much that they kind of lost track. And then I think, you know, to piggyback on that would be, When we planned your close reads, they were all connected to that essential question, right? Every single time, you know, it's really hard to pick passages from Macbeth. It's really hard to say we're only going to close read X number of things. But also, if it's in the interest of your students learning the skills and getting better at something, then I mean
2: magic magic yeah. did you did you feel that on your end too oh yeah 100% like I think there's a lot of pressure on teachers to constantly be putting on a show and doing something new and engaging and fresh and all the things all the time And and I was in the same boat as you like and I think that's another reason why I reached out is my lessons sure some of them were engaging and really cool but there was no like structure or purpose to them so having that weekly structure was key and I remember you know we had Might have had like a snow day or something happen and I had to push some stuff back. And I remember my students being like, Well, it's close read Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I understand. But and so it kind of threw them off and and they really do I mean, kids are kids, they crave structure, they need structure because they, they can't do that on their own yet. And so that was really really important. And I think another really key point here is connecting it all through that essential question. So I remember at the very beginning, I told my students, I was like, we have this question and throughout this unit, we're trying to figure out the answer to this and how to best answer it. And so every time I would put a close read in front of them, I was like, here's another piece of evidence that we can use in this big case study. And having that mindset, I think also really kept them engaged and on task. And like it made them purposeful more than just because I said so, and more than just because that's what we're working on. You know, like they knew, like they were taking ownership. They're like, oh, I got to figure out the answer to this question. Like, oh, she just gave me another piece of evidence. Like, what can I do? And so that was, that was really good. And that's where a lot of their, I mean, like phenomenal analysis came from. Like some of the writing and conversations they had about the relationship between Macbeth and Lady Macbeth, they're just so good. So good.
0: Well, because what you've done is you've, you kind of put, you know, lane lines around their thinking. And I think that sometimes that's, again, perceived as, you know, it's too teacher driven or it's too teacher, whatever. But the truth is analysis when left wide open to the interpretation of the whole text and all the things. And, you know, don't forget about fleance. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. about like, <laughs> Come on. It's like great. these are 10th graders,
2: okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, putting, putting that like, remember who that was.
0: Right, right. Because come on, like they, they, they just don't need to know about fleance and it doesn't matter. And even like McDuff, like, okay, they're probably going to forget who's who oh, and like yeah. which order and which thing, but like, that doesn't matter. But we feel like, I think there's just so little PD in this that, I mean, all of us have just kind of come here through experience to realize, okay, kids don't just need structure in the week, but also through a challenging text. Mm -hmm. And especially kids who are gen ed and not headed toward, you know, being a literature major. Um sure, like we need to let go of the thought that we need to make sure that all of the things that Shakespeare has to offer are on the table for our kids. That's just not that's just not the case. And creating that lane is so critical. So I mean every scene that they close read was Macbeth being manipulated or maintaining his position. And he, I know even one of them, I can't remember. I think it's act two, scene two, when Macbeth decides, I'm not going to kill him. I'm not going to yes. kill Duncan. And then Lady Macbeth shows up and, she right?
2: She she's like, I'll give you an heir. I'll make it a sign. And he's like, oh, okay, we're going to kill him. Yeah,
0: right. She, she insults his manhood and then promises him oh, a kid. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. it's game over. And kids get that, Right.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Because I remember having this big conversation with my classes. I'm like, okay, like, guys, what if somebody insulted your manhood or like your feminism or like whatever it is that you identify? Like, what if somebody insulted that and like threw that back in your face? Like, how does that make you feel? And they were like, oh, I'm going to prove them wrong. And I was like, okay, so then who's controlling your life? And so it's like a full circle moment all the time. And I think something that teachers just don't know, because you can't know what you don't know, but I think something that teachers struggle with or don't really know is that structure can still be open-ended and focus on student learning like yeah I've structured my week and I structured every single class period but that learning was on them I never gave them any sort of answer to this massive philosophical question and I think you have to be humble sometimes as a teacher to even say like I don't know the answer to this question I don't know right like I don't know is my life controlled by myself or others like it toggles every day right and so we kind of worked on that also
0: and you gave them a chance to, to understand nuance, right? The, the nuance yeah. to that question and like the conditions, you know, yes, this is, this is true when, or no, this is not true when, or in, you know, you can have it situationally based in the way that that question is answered. And I, like you said, like how fast it was for you to go from, Macbeth and Lady Macbeth, right to their own lives. It wasn't like you needed an entire lesson to connect the stories. It was no. happening, right, it all the time. It happens
2: organically because of that structure and because of the structure of those close reads. Like all of that was organic. That was not planned. That was not written down somewhere. And that was them. And that was just us having a, a conversation with between teacher and student.
0: So let's let's shift over a little bit to Long Way Down. I've never taught Long Way Down. I've taught Macbeth, but I've never taught Long Way Down. What was that like? So you tr- you talked about your transition days. You kind of blended, like you moved over. I know we talked a little bit about, you know, how you kind of talked to students about writing in verse and how both of these authors used verse. Uh, and then yeah. you got into it. What was the experience? Like, how was that different? How was everything different in Long Way Down?
2: Well, Long Way Down, of course, after coming off of Shakespeare was like, a piece of cake for kids, because (laughs) they were like, Oh, okay, I can do this. And so because I started to realize how easy it was for us to just fly through that book. And because I had already set the structure for this entire unit, we actually read the book, the entire book together in class. And it took maybe three class periods. And so and and I started to realize that was really important for them, because I have students or I had students that come from some pretty rough Backgrounds and to be able to read in solidarity with other people the same book and realize that they have some of the same experiences that Will has was really, really powerful for that specific group of kids. And I started to realize very, very quickly that teaching Long Way Down was probably one of the most profound moments in my teaching career. Everyone was on it, everyone was engaged. I mean, you could hear a pin drop in my classroom. And I had some kids that would like silently start to cry. I would have kids that would make like affirming noises. Like we would be reading something that Will was doing and they'd be like, mm, hmm, hmm." but they were like so far in it. that I don't think that they realized that they were making those noises out loud, you know, like they were affirming themselves, but it, so it, yeah. And to tie that in with, with Macbeth was also very, very powerful because they had a modern day more, accessible to them version of what does that look like if somebody else or something else in this case, you know, the rules control your life.
0: Would you think their experience in long way down would have been the same? Had you not done Macbeth? Do you think that they needed to be together or as long way down? Just, I mean, of course everyone can do whatever they want, but Mm -hmm. was the experience you think different because of Macbeth?
2: Yeah, I think it was richer, honestly, And of course, yeah, you can teach them both separately, but I think when you pair them together and you see two characters that are at totally different points in their lives for totally different reasons, complete opposites, different ages, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, like the whole nine yards coming together and having the same question, like the same problem, it was like a full circle moment where they're like, well, okay, well humans go through all the same stuff all the time. It doesn't matter who you are you know, things like that. I just think it made that experience richer. And I also fully believe that having taught Macbeth first and doing those really, really hard analysis and those kids having to work like twice as hard set the stage for teaching Long Way Down because they didn't stop working twice as hard. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when we got to the easier text, it wasn't an easy analysis. They took it like above and beyond.
0: That's awesome. Because that
2: was already the expectation.
0: Okay, so we're coming to the end. (laughs) People might have more questions for you. And we'll kind of tell them how they can reach out to you. um, Because you are the rock star here. I know that we know we started together. And um, for everyone who's listening, I mean, Kelsey and I did the training wheels Like we worked a lot on this in the fall, but you taught it in the spring, like the winter Mm -hmm. spring. um, And she did all of this work. She made it all happen for real. I want to know
2: because of you, though.
0: <laughs> okay, no, like I am. I was happy to have fulfilled my role and like helped you in all the dreaming and the planning and the writing. But like yeah. you taught it. So in the classroom, what was your favorite lesson or favorite day? I know it's gonna be hard to narrow down because oh I'm sure there were so many. But like, oh, and we have to. Oh, sorry, I totally, I totally forgot. With to ask about your summative. Um, so let's talk about your favorite lesson first, and then okay. let's tell everyone what you did to wrap things up.
2: Okay. Oh my God, this is so hard. I know, sorry. Do you it want was, to put your so, summative first? Yeah, maybe let's do that first. Okay. Talk about the summative first. So okay, so my, what was the summative? Yeah. The summative was um, a final like analysis essay that compared and contrasts both text, both Macbeth and Will. And the prompt was quite literally, is my life controlled by my own decisions or others tell me I'm supposed to be? So something they came in contact with every day for the past six weeks, right? And had like a repertoire of, of evidence they could use all their close reads like all the things it had all the feedback for the writing and so they were very very well prepared for this essay and yeah i mean they just i blew it out of the like i can't even i'm still at a loss for words thinking about reading some of those essays and i remember sitting at my desk like grading some essays and kids were still typing and writing and i had a student multiple students actually come up and they're like well I can't write about this because there is no answer. It (laughs) depends on the situation. And I'd be like, okay, well, what do you mean? Like, let's talk it through. And then maybe you can write it that way. And just some of the complex conversations they started to have with me about, especially like Macbeth, right? So Mm -hmm. yeah, the witches kind of manipulated him to springboard this whole thing. And then his wife did questioning his manhood, promises a child, like all the things all the time. But then at the end, his wife kind of like is afraid of him, right? I mean, she's like, Oh, my goodness, what have I done? And so he is making his own choices. But their argument was, well, she started it. (laughs) she's, She's still to blame. So it was just, yeah. And of course, Long Way Down leaves it open ended. You don't know if Will goes out and gets revenge. You just don't know. And so having them have to make inferences and use that character development analysis that we worked on was it was just really good. It was just all around good essays. If essays could be fun.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I I hope that the, you know, you keep thinking about your favorite lesson while I kind of, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of time to think, but I, you know, I think for teachers listening, this is where, you know, Marie and I talk about curriculum rehab so much, and we believe so deeply in the power of your curriculum, you know, what, when, and it's so hard to believe it until you've gone through it. Kind of like Kelsey just has, like the things you decide to use, the way that you place them together, the flow and all of these things that are so background that kids will never know or never even have a clue that you've done. They're not only powerful for scaffolding their intellectual and academic skills, but they're part of like building your classroom management, right? You're creating these things like these invisible structures for students that are so like the payout is just so rich. And the fact yeah. that you got to the end of this unit and that's where kids were is so incredible because I bet you <laughs> other units never felt that way because no. they didn't have the same kind of process in the background. And I, and I think that because it's in the background, it's easier to put to the side. It's easier to say like, I don't have time, you know, like it's, these emails are in front of me. These children who are having really big problems are in front of me. Um, And you know, that's what we're here for. It's hard. And you know, that's what we hope that the podcast is doing for people is giving them ideas for how to make that happen and permission to, to try and fail. So.
2: Yeah. Well, all I have to say is, I mean, it's, it's hard, but it's worth it. It's uncomfortable, but it's worth it because at the end of their school year, I think I told you this. I might not have, but at the end of our school year, after state testing, we were finishing out our final novel and it was a John Green book. And we read like chapter one and the kids looked at me and I kid you not, Amanda, they were like, well, can we just do Shakespeare again? Because like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Did I not tell you this? No. I told you this. They literally asked like, well, what else does Shakespeare like have to do? Because I know how to do that and I, I can read Shakespeare. So let's do, let's do him again. And I was like, I have nothing prepared. It is the last like three weeks of school. Like I, I was like, no, we're just going to read this because it's prepared. I mean, but they were genuinely angry. They wanted to do another oh, Shakespeare play. My word. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's <sighs> magical. I did know.
0: you Did you have a favorite lesson of all of the ones that you did? I know, I know, I'm totally putting you on the spot, but or so, a favorite day. Even it was a favorite lesson. Was there a favorite day? Like a great memory.
2: Okay. I can answer that question. Okay. Okay. I can, okay. If I can answer, because my favorite lesson I think was flat Shakespeare. And I know that's not like one of the like nitty gritty, like meaty parts of the unit, but they just had so much fun and they genuinely did learn a lot about like Shakespeare and Macbeth and language and all the things. Um, but my favorite day was when students were finishing up a close read and this might've been like week three of Macbeth. So I had kind of leaned myself off And they were kind of working on these analysis, close reads at the end, because at the end of every close read was a question they had to answer in a a race uh, format. And I remember going to collect them. And one girl who like, I mean, she goes through a lot at home, and she's not always engaged and doesn't really, she's super intelligent, but one of the ones that like doesn't put forth the effort every day. She grinned up at me and she's like, I think this is my best one yet. Like, you're gonna like this one. And I just, my heart was like, oh my gosh. I was like, okay. And it ended up being like phenomenal. I mean, she just annihilated Lady Macbeth in that writing. And it was written like to perfection. Um, And so just watching their self-confidence to read Shakespeare of all things. I mean, who, what sophomore is like, oh yeah, I want to read more Shakespeare and I'm really good at it. So that was probably my favorite, my favorite moment. Uh, and then of course, shirt. like, <laughs> in long- I know, I know, I know. And then of course, like at the end with long way down when we finally finished the book and they were all angry and just feeling all the feels and like everybody in that classroom allowed themselves to feel the feel. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. so that was, that was another favorite moment. It's oh so hard to choose. That was not one. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, that's okay. No,
0: that's, I think that's, a, that's so powerful. And you know, I think we're going to, we're going to wrap things up where I know this yeah. people don't have a thousand years to listen to interviews, um, <laughs> but I think I just would encourage teachers. And I think you would too, Kelsey, like to give a paired text unit a chance if you, if you can, um, and yeah. they don't even need to be long. I mean, the, the long way down is a novel in verse. and kind of it looks long because it's thick but it's not that long it didn't take you guys very long and pairing it with a play and finding ways to let text sit on top of each other or next to each other is such a unique and rich experience for your school year 10 out of 10 i recommend do you recommend yes, same
2: i yes second that do it do it if you can kelsey if people would like to reach out
0: to you and ask you questions about it and like pick your brain where can they find you
2: yeah, so you can always like message me on Instagram, and I don't. Are you gonna put like my Instagram handle? I'll like, put everything in the, in the show notes. notes. Yep. Yeah, um, and then they can also email me. Like you have my email that you can put um, in the show notes, and I would be more than happy, happy, more than <laughs> happy uh, to talk through and and work through any questions that anybody ever has. Because this is this is so worth it, and I think that if, if given the chance, everybody should try it.
0: I think my next project needs to be like a list of suggested pairings. Like
2: it took oh, us a yeah. while. To, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It takes a long yeah. yeah.
0: It's a long process. <laughs> it was a yeah. long process. But I remember when we finally were like, oh, the we person. did it. Yeah. Yeah. It was magical. That was a really cool. Oh, yeah. moment. That was really cool. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Kelsey, for coming. Thank you.
1: thanks again for listening to Brave New Teaching. We'd love to keep the conversation going over on Instagram. And while you're there, check out the links in our bio for the most up-to-date events going on in the Brave New Teaching community. Thanks for being here and have a great week at school.